This is Saturday morning's must-listen formal. Set to go. Ready. Racing. The best minds in the business are ready to have their say. This is the Melbourne Racing Panel. Great to have the panel assembled. David Gately, Mark Hunter and Jamie Rogers to guide us through the next hour and find plenty winners of Flemington. Firstly, I welcome in David Gately. Good morning to you, Gator. Hi, Ted. Being the elite athlete that you are, these extreme conditions later on in the day, they wouldn't have any effect on you, would they? <laughs> Jeez, I'm not feeling that at the moment. I'm uh, struggling with some injuries. But, um, yeah, I think the, uh, the equine version, they seem to cope pretty well, don't they? But the reality is that uh, when you're working hard in extreme heat, you, your heart rate's elevated and your body's working harder to keep cool. So um, it's the same for horses and it's a smart play today for sure. Looking forward to getting your thoughts on the meeting in Flemington. Mark Hunter, you would have loved the really hot pre-seasons in your, your days playing for, for Footscray. You would have been there leading the, the pack in the runs during the heat, wouldn't you? No comment from Mark there. I think he's hiding <laughs> behind a tree, as he probably did when they were running in 40-degree heat. Good morning to you, Mark. Might have just lost Mark there, but we have got Jamie Rogers, and she is the elite athlete of the bunch. Good morning to you, Jamie. Yeah, good morning, Warren. How are you today? Very well, thank you. Uh, how's the family coping with the heat? Where do we find you today? I'm actually back in Torquay and I'm sitting outside. It's not too hot at the moment. It's nice and a bit balmy, so it's uh, no doubt a big warm day ahead. What's the interest been in the Flemington meeting, first of all? It's actually been pretty good, Warren. We've got some really well-backed favourites coming out of that meeting. So I will just quickly give a snapshot on that. So race one, number seven, Tom Kitten. Race two, number one, Dunkel. And race five, number two, Forbidden City. Between those three, they're pretty much holding the exact same amount. And if we look around elsewhere in the country, on the Gold Coast for Magic Millions, the two-year-olds, race seven, number four, Empire of Japan. But race eight, which is a three-year-old guineas, it's Russian Conquest that's been very well-backed. And it'll be interesting to get Gator's thoughts after the Melbourne panel for Rose Hill because the best-backed runner of the entire country is race one, number 12, Steel City, and race 10, number three, Snapped. Mark Hunter, as I welcome you in, you mightn't have been able to hear me before. I was just uh, musing that during the days of your pre-season training in the extreme heat, you would have been then leading the pack and setting the example and running the quickest times. No, that's gone flat again. We won't try that. We'll try and start the program and try and preview the meeting. Let's kick off with the first race, which is for the two-year-olds down the straight 1,100 metres. Scratchings are numbers one and five. Is the market giving us any lead here in the first, Jamie? is Warren so Tom Kitten is one of the best backed runners of the entire day so that is number seven and is currently the $2.70 favourite but we will start with the two in Hellish and at $6 is also seeing some support not as much as what Tom Kitten is holding is currently three times more than anything else but Hellish is still seeing support at $6 Invincible Shield is there at $6 as well the four It's a Mozza is at $16 so the favourite there is the seven Tom Kitten eight VCE at $4.60 has had a little bit of interest and same with the nine Heiress at $9.50 but to start the day we have a very very popular favourite well I think I'd be wise to start with you Gator how do you see the first I won't ask you for a speed map with so many debutants, but your thoughts on the first yeah, I'm certainly going to start the day disappointed. I was looking forward to Mark's report there on, uh, on that uh, little left to drive by from you. It was, uh, was good work. But um, look, the first race, it, it's potentially um, a good race uh, just because of a couple of the jump outs have looked exceptional. We've seen a horse called Hellish on debut. 
I did like the last hundred there. We didn't quicken, but the last hundred was sort of neat work. Second quickest officially last hundred of that race. The time was useful. Uh, the runner-up went to the listed Merson Cooper Stakes and won it, uh, albeit luckily, but beat a pretty uh, highly spruik Godolphin um, debutant doing it. Uh, so I've just gone that way, Hellish, over this um, this Invincible Shield, who was the pick of the debutants for mine, uh, went forward in the jump-out, raced away, looked smart. Uh, VC's shown good speed and ability, and Tom Kitten led all the way in its jump-out with the ears peaked, was barely ridden. Uh, who knows what's under the bonnet there, but it looks like a lot. So, looks a good race. Um, for the record, I've gone two, three, eight, and seven. Now, Warren, yes, yes, Sean. We're just going to quickly try and see if we've got Mark here. You there, Mark? No, we've got an issue with the phone here, Warren. Uh, keep taking the Gator for one sec. Yeah, Gator. I suppose what we've got with horses and in, in jump outs, etc. What's under the bonnet, as you, you described it. Uh, jump outs and trials are there only as a guide, and, and race day pressure something different. So you can only use them as a guide, and, and you can be pleasantly surprised, or it's really open to interpretation what we see on on the lead ins through trials and jump outs, isn't it? Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, it's, it's a great guide. I mean, we, I think we referenced this a week or so ago. It was only a couple of years ago where we didn't even see them. We had to just guess on their breeding information, which isn't fair for punters, but we've got that right, so well done to all involved. But the reality is, I can go for a run with Craig Mottram for 10 kilometres. If he's not trying, I'm going to keep up with him. Um, if he is having a crack, <laughs> he's a different class of athlete to me. So I think that's that's the difference. When they're jogging along, they can all look great. Um, and in pre-season, Mark would have looked at me and Buck too jogging along there. But uh, when the acid comes on and the heart rate's high... You know, so it separates um, the wheat from the shaft, so to speak. David Gately's numbers in the first, two, three, eight and seven. I think we've been able to get Mark Hunter online now. Mark, how do you see the first? And first of all, good morning to you. Morning, Warren. I could hear you faintly in the background, but I couldn't offer anything to you. So, well, that's... Uh, the first race here, I'll go seven, eight, two and three. I think number seven... In an even race, that's hard to work out. I thought number seven, Tom Kitten, just looked a steady improver at the trials. Most recent jump-out looked good to beat number eight, VC, who's won those last couple of jump-outs. It's got good speed. Maybe the fastest of them early going to be hard to run down. Two, Hellish. Hellish was good on debut when the format of the race has worked out. Recent trial was nice. And three, Invincible Shield. who's looked pretty solid, those recent jump-outs, sitting up on the speed and lengthening well. So a race probably happy to watch. Pretty hard to sort out those jump-outs. Seven, eight, two and three. Yeah, plenty to learn in the first. Mark Hunter's numbers, 7, 8, 2 and 3. David Gately's with numbers 2, 3, 8 and 7. I'm also with number 2, Hellish, like Gator. I thought the debut run was good, closing off in, in good late sectionals. The jump out subsequently, I think, has been quite encouraging and the race day experience can, can be a real benefit. But plenty to learn. Two for me, had a three invincible shield who's looked very sharp, ridden with a bit of intent but seemed to cruise nicely through the line in a recent jump out. Ten McKean is the one that... What's under the bonnet, we don't know. Very soft jump out at Werribee recently, but looked to move nicely. And 8VC's been jumping out well for the Mar and Eustace Stable to make the debut. 2, 3, 10 and 8 for me in a race where there's obviously plenty to learn. Race 1. Race 2's over 2,000 metres. It's a benchmark 70. The scratching is number 11. Divine Charm. Jamie, what's the market look like in race 2? Well, Warren, again, we have a very dominant favourite here, and that is Dunkel, and he's currently holding four times more than anything else in this race. The two hard to cross is currently at $7. Pay or face is the runner at odds that's seen some support, so it was $26 coming to that 23 Look, it's significantly less than what Dunkel is, but 
before that $23 price is definitely seeing some support coming through and go down to sold choice the seven at five dollars has also had a little bit of a dabble but Warren one-way traffic towards Dunkel at a dollar ninety. One-way traffic here Mark how do you think they might run along in race two? Well, I think sold choice will quickly get the lead Warren across those inside horses find the top as uh, most of the stable like to do and just completely dictate the race from there. I reckon Barefoot Tora will go forward park handy and probably Paleface works up outside the leader. Wouldn't be shocked to see them ride Boston Overlad a bit quieter here after it failed last time. Look, I think Dunkel's a star and I think it'll win. It's got the weight heavily against it. It's going to be a very awkward spot. Probably last on the fence on a moderate run race over 2,000 metres. But I just think the horse is well, well above this class. Terrific win last time at Sandown to get itself out of trouble and put paid in the race in two strides, and I think Duncan will do the same here and win. I think a terrific place bet here, number six, Barefoot Tora. As long as it's ridden conservatively, uh, just sit there, do no work with the 52, and just do your best over the last 300 metres, I think Barefoot Tora will run a place. I'll put number eight, Speak Easy, in. Who a bit worried about the format of the race after yesterday, but I think it's an improving stale, get back and run on, and too hard to cross. Don't know if it'll run a strong 2,000 metres. It'll get a very cheap run, and it's got that three kilo claim, which will help. So I think one's a star at wins. I'm going to back six to place, one, six, eight, and two. What are your thoughts on the second gator? Yeah, well, I agree. Dunkel um, does look an exceptional um, athlete. I mean, that, that run at Cranman, given the tempo, um, was a phenomenal, a finale of a really good horse. And then uh, goes to, uh, to Hillside, uh, rounds them up really quickly, and was some six weeks between runs there, or, or there's so many gap between runs. The, the query's clearly being left alone at the top of the weight. I mean, we only have to go back seven days, and a potential group horse detonated Jack, had a big relative weight swing against him, and he couldn't overcome it. Plenty others have in the past, um, and he may well do it. So, look, look, I'm tipping him, uh, but with that, that asterisk, um, I just think he's got more upside. So he can. that's the way to offset those things, those... Um, Relative weight differentials, because if it's a you know if it's a true handicap, uh, I think his ratings higher than will end up a lot higher than what it is now. If you if you understand what I'm saying, I've actually given myself a headache. Look, hard to cross was a terrific win two runs ago. Um, only two lengths off Dunkel last time, despite pulling up lame, and a six kilo swing is really difficult to ignore. A pale face, good tough, a debut win. Uh, runner up uh, Tiada came out and won. It was only two and a half lengths off. Hard to cross when they clashed at Mooney Valley in the spring. So it's an easy line to draw there. And uh, Kokonotsu has a future. So long-winded, but we're 1, 2, 3, 10. We've got the gist of it, Gator. 1, 2, 3 and 10 from Gator. 1, 6, 8 and 2 from Mark Hunter. And yeah, he's got some real X-factor about him, number one, Dunkel. I don't think the weight will stop him in this grade. And I think he'll love 2,000 metres at Flemington on a spacious track. Maybe an obvious lack of tempo could be a negative, but he's been able to overcome various disadvantages in his wins to date. First racing prep, you're, you're trusting Paddy Payne to still have some petrol in the tank, and he's on to much better races than this, in my opinion, number one, Dunkel. Stable, mate, too hard to cross. 
was the match between them last start and hard to cross ran third in that race pulled up with a degree of lameness and gets a significant weight swing here through that same race barefoot Torah who's eligible for a maiden was terrific so I'm not surprised that Griffiths to Cox Stable have persisted in this grade of race with what appears to be a, a talented filly and 10 Kokonotsu gets the blinkers on and the winkers off he's getting tested out to this trip but he's fit and he's going well one two six and ten for me in race two keen on Dunkel there race three also over 2,000 metres, a benchmark 70. We take out numbers 5, 10, 15 and 16. Jamie, what's the market shaping up here? So, Warren, we have factored in 13 cents worth of deductions into these prices, but it's a fairly open race. It's $5 the field, but we still have a very dominant favourite at that $5 price, which I'll get to in a minute. The one never again is at $18. The two Prince Ziggy is at $21. So the three confrontational at $16 would be the third best-backed runner in this race. The six Beretta currently at $7 is second best-backed. The seven Dublin Journal is at $21. The eight Fighting Arrow has been drifting out to six. So the best-backed runner in this race is the 13, Pacino, currently at $5 and is holding more than double anything else in this race. I think a bit of the speed's come out of this race with Ashy Boy being scratched, but maybe now from the inside draw, commando drift and emergency that, that gains a start doesn't have to be too far away. You could see Dublin Journal maybe rolling forward for, from that draw, although that wasn't necessarily the opinion of J.D. Hayes talking earlier this morning. Blushing Tycoon can perhaps push forward with Ollie aboard from that draw in a race where there doesn't seem to be a, a lot of obvious speed, but I think the reasonably large field side will generate at least some tempo, and I'm leaning to number eight, Fighting Arrow, who will need that tempo. He hits a flat spot in most of his races. He'll love the 2,000 metres at Flemington, but he will Probably have a bit to do with 300 metres to go, but love the way he rallied and found the line at the Valley last start. So each way, number eight, Fighting Arrow for me, ahead of six, Beretta, who had to change course in the home straight last start and, and looks ready for, for this trip, seemed to find the line well enough last start. 13, Pacino's deep into his first racing preparation and coming through some inferior form lines, but gee, I think he's a, a stayer of some talent and I love the way he surged late to win a benchmark 64 last start and uh, he stays down in the weights with a claim for, for Kieran Quilty here relative to the opposition and 17 Commando Drift, another one coming off a, a win in easier grade last start but down in the weights for Celine Gordray. I thought there was plenty of merit in that win and only second up will strip fitter here third up. 8, 6, 13 and 17 in an even race for me. Gator, how are you seeing the third? Yeah, I think there's a couple of bets uh, for me in this, and, and they're both a nice, nice value, I think. I think Confrontational's a really good roughie. I think he's flying. Uh, he's got a mile back and wide last time here. It wasn't a swooper's day by any stretch of the imagination, yet he ran home 11.52, making up a stack of ground. Even his hillside run prior to that was another on-pace race, and he hit the line sweetly. So I think they've got him going really well. The Elite 2000, um, and he draws a gate. So I think he can posse up a couple of lengths closer, which might be the difference. Look, not a moral, but I think um, a great uh, value play. Fighting uh, Arrow, you've made the case, does look extremely ready to win. Uh, so he's my, uh, my other bet in the race. Uh, Pacino's, um, yeah, building a nice little CB here on the upward spiral. A couple of dominant wins in slowly run races. He's run a quality last 600 figure in both of those. Um, so I think you measure up here. And Beretta must have a case as well. With others, um, value race for me, three eight thirteen six. Mark, how are you seeing this one? 
Oh, what Pacino Warren, I think this was a pretty promising stayer. Uh, the second was good three starts ago. Set a huge task two starts ago, making a long, wide run. Just kept on going to win there and then given a beautiful ride last time to score. I think now that it comes into gate two, Commando Drift will go forward. So I hope Kieran Cruelty just lobs down on the fence fifth or sixth, rides it exactly how it was ridden last time. Into the clear at the 300, Pacino will be very strong. I like it to beat 17 Commando Drift, who... I don't know, the lead depends if Blushing Tycoon goes forward, I suppose. So Commando Drift gets an easy run up on the pace with no weight. Just got stronger and stronger last time. I think it's the danger. Eight fighting arrow. Gee, you couldn't put enough on after sort of 400 metres at the valley last time. Took forever to tack on and get going. Maybe the tight track just didn't suit it. It's the other wing chance for mine. And then maybe number 12, Blushing Tycoon, can roll forward, get a good run on the speed and might hang on for a place. But I like 13 from 17 here. 13, 17, 8 and 12. And Mark, a message via the SMS from Herb, and you never know how people take your, your tips and what they do with them, but Herb's thanking you for the quaddy last night. I took Mark's top pick into top and second pick into top and second pick into the field in the quaddy last night. So Herb was able to, to use your selections last night and turn it into a, a quaddy at Cranbourne, Mark? Well, he's lucky because I don't think I had Galactic Fury in the, in the tips warrant, so he's chosen the right thing to put the field in. Well done, Herb, and plenty of SMS questions regarding our great friend and a far someone that loved so much in the industry, Dean Lester, who's just dealing with some health issues at the moment. Hopefully we'll have Dino back sooner rather than later, and he appreciates all, all the messages that we're getting via the SMS, and, and hopefully we can have Dino back on deck sooner rather than later. But just a couple of things keeping him away in the last week or two, and, and as I said, hopefully we can have him back sooner rather than later. 22 after 8.